Yes. And they've just started digging up my entire street. They know the exact recording schedule. It was like a five second countdown. And then as soon as it hit number one, outside. In a minute, I'm sure Dexter will start barking because someone will, like all of the deliveries from all of the delivery companies. What time is it? Yeah, five to three. So it's that we're in the hot window between between two and three p.m. (laughs) on a weekday. That's when all delivery companies deliver everything, and all council workers and um, ground diggers and everything decide to congregate around our houses and just ground diggers unite. And they're installing Um, a kitchen upstairs as well, just to rub salt in the wound. Nice. That sounds like a loud process. It's not just like quiet like fitting Lego together. It'll be like a custom fit one as well. It won't be a mm. Wix jobby. It's like <laughs> fully bespoke. Before we press record, we were talking about how we are fucked because of artificial intelligence. Because you yeah. just showed me this thing where it he typed in one of my marketing emails and it gave me like really good feedback and gave me some suggestions. And one of our friends, Ben, who's into all this sort of stuff, just sees iterations of this and thinks like, oh, well, that's the end of the human race. That's the beginning of the end. Yeah, he. it's funny because he's the most tech-aware person that we know. And whenever this stuff comes out, I'm always like, oh, Ben, look at this. This is cool. And mm. his response is always, capital letters, we are fucked. He's <laughs> quite seriously considered dropping all of his commitments in his life and just working to in like an existential risk think tank because he says that there is no better use of our time as humans before we drive the entire ship into the iceberg to try and avoid it and he's like no one's taking this problem seriously and very soon we're going to just be the end of ourselves through artificial intelligence yeah Uh, for some reason (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, everyone. <laughs> For some reason, though, like, and Ben's right about a lot of stuff, but it's really easy to just be like, I think it might be fine. Do you know what I mean? Just he's a smart guy. Into... He is a smart guy. Like, he's not sensationalist about stuff. So, but yeah, I think because it's not an immediate problem that we don't see, we think, ah, yeah, it'll be all right. Well, so, if so if anyone's add... interested in this stuff have a listen to don't read because it's a heavy going book you want to put it on audiobook <laughs> a book called super intelligence by nick bostrom and it goes systematically through each of the possible ways that we're going to end ourselves through Fuck the it. development of ai <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you think knowing what you know in 10 years ai will be like society ending maybe not 10 years because we're still sending fax referrals through nhs but 20 years i think what what will happen is there'll be a fringe piece of groundbreaking technology that will they'll try and protect and even if a company like google gets a hold of it and they go oh no this isn't ethical for everyone to use we'll we'll just keep it in this safe corner somebody is gonna it's gonna either leak the code to it or someone's going to try and replicate it and someone that has no no moral boundaries around that 
because of course there's a massive profit potential in taking something which is highly restricted and giving it to the public. And the same way that if you put stuff like that in the hands of naughty people, bad actors, then you're going to end up with destruction. It's the same as like, as soon as like nuclear bomb technology or like virus mutation, uh, synthesizing technology or whatever becomes something that you can just 3d print in your own home, then what? Someone's going to press the button, aren't they? Can't rely on all humans to not press the big red button. The, the, um, the, the model that I always think about with this, or like the example I always think about with this stuff is if you consider 2006 pre like Facebook, Instagram, like pre social media as it is now. And then Facebook was developed and initially it was just benefit. So like all anybody got from it, all you and I got from it was just, this is, this is mint. I can communicate with my friends and, and all these sorts of, like I'm tagged in pictures. I've got a wall. People start poking you. It's fantastic. Now there's like mental health crises because of social media, <laughs> because like, because something, someone built an out, built an algorithm to optimize for time on screen. So like. That's something that's, I mean, it's, it's arguably AI to a degree, but like, it's something that's fairly, um, safe. Like it's just operates within itself. It's not operating like the train system or, or flights or, or anything like that. Like it's just optimizing for how do we get people to use this app on their phone and just optimize for that even, and for it to work, if someone has to open the app for it to have any effect. And yet still, yeah. <laughs> still has been all these unintended consequences because it, we've trained a system to optimize for something and there's all these costs happened at the expense of, of that optimization. That is terrifyingly compelling. Yeah. What you've just said there, because really like it's, it's that, like it's, it's a little, yep. little metal block that mm -hmm. can't do you any harm. And somehow we've managed to. It's even worse than that because that. The, the block. So now the block's totally inert, can't do anything to you. Se secondly, for the app, for, for, for Facebook to have an effect on you, you have to open the block, swipe it or open it with your face, and then access a specific app <laughs> and then stay on the app. Choose to stay on the app. <laughs> and when you, only when you choose to stay on the app for any length of time can it have this effect on you. And you don't even know it's having the effect. So only me voluntarily spending hours looking mm. into this thing, is it going to damage my mental health? And yet that's what we're all doing. I watched a program with Becker at the weekend about, um, I can't remember what the program was called. It's on Netflix about, it's about like, um, benzo, benzo overdose, uh, overuse in America. What's the mm. name of the drug? What's like the brand? Love it there. Xanax. Xanax. So, how, and they were, they were, they were talking in this documentary heavily about how, it's linked to like, you have this internal world and you compare the internal world to a curated version of someone's external world on social media and how this creates all this like issues with mental health and, and people like feel a bad way. And so they take a drug to stop feeling the bad way. But anyway, so that's like a, that's an example of system built with intention. Number one creates consequence number five that no one could have predicted when system number one was made. So back to your point about like this fringe piece of software that suddenly has like, before we know it, like trains are automated by AI or flights are automated by AI and they're optimizing for something and stuff starts happening that no one could have ever predicted. 
that's when we're the, we are fucked yeah. really comes into well you, you combine that with someone who has ill intentions so like as soon as a printer connects to wi-fi like a whole bunch of stuff opens up there like in terms of vulnerabilities yeah. and security holes and um or as soon as you're like your washing machine connect like let, let's say if if the ccp got hold of the some security vulnerability in everybody's bluetooth washing machines and they were able to set the heating element to just cause a fire then across the uk they could just cause hundreds of thousands of house fires i mean even even more terminal than that is you just like you just shut off the electricity to a city well yeah and that is proper proper game over that isn't it like two days in with so, no electricity I, I do always wonder about that because you, you've got like everyone saying, oh, you know, big tech have got too much power and stuff. And be like, really, the guys who are, who are really <laughs> laughing. Yeah. The electricity people. It's like not it's not even like, yeah, OK, telecoms is powerful. But even beneath that, it's it's the bloke with the, the, the plug and the switch, isn't it? <laughs> it's the guy that if people don't play their cards right, it'll just unplug it all. Right, you're all on timeout. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you remove electricity, and like modern, the modern world is is done for. Absolutely done for. Speaking of which, I want to talk very briefly about Liver King. I feel like we have to talk about Liver King. Yeah, we do. For just a couple of minutes, because because <laughs> <laughs> he's gone and done it, hasn't he? He's only gone and bloody done it. Yeah. Leaked email. And I, I mean, I feel like if you're listening to the podcast at this point and you haven't heard this, well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You must have been on retreat or something. Maybe you are liver king. Well, yeah. And even you haven't heard that you're on drugs yet. But... Well, because, you know, you'll be living in an ancestral way and you won't have the internet and all these sorts of things. Someone sent me this this morning. Um, friend says, bro, your crush is right over there. Act natural. Me. <laughs> <laughs> For those listening on audio, that's just a picture of Liver King. The, um, I was actually listening to Chris Williamson, Modern Wisdom, his discussion with, uh, I never know what he's called, the guy from More Plates, More Dates. Derek something. Derek. But it's quite a good, um, I actually had, I had such a, a twat moment the other day. So I was watching the, I was watching the clip on YouTube of Chris's interview with him. And it's like Derek MP MD. And I was like, fuck did that MD. Like, does that, is he a man? Like, is this guy a doctor? Like, what is MP? Like, is, is he got some sort of like really advanced qualification? Cause at the That's time I was graduate combo yeah. degree <laughs> he was talking about like his blood work and his igf1 levels and the fact that his igf1 level is is like strangely low and, and all these sorts of things and i was like this guy's like he's really switched on hang on mp md that he must be and then you're like oh, just stands for more plates more dates doesn't it yeah he he only pretends to be a doctor on the internet does he actually do you think he does pretend no he doesn't he doesn't pretend but he, he does the classic like Fit pro who's read a bit of science thing and like throw tries to throw rocks at doctors because what do they know? Oh, does he? A little bit, but like, I mean, he's 
it's part of his character, isn't it? Like it's the the hubris, and then owning a lab and and or doing right. all the gorilla mind, um, or whatever it's called, the supplement testosterone brand. stuff. Yeah, and in fairness, I mean he's he's built a specialist area in steroid use, hasn't he? So he probably does know a lot more about that stuff than the average doctor now. There was there was some shade, like a, a light shade in in the late afternoon towards you thrown on the not you directly me, me specifically <laughs> it felt because i know you and your opinions and what they were talking about they were talking about touching receipts uh, okay in a, in a slightly tongue-in-cheek way and i was like but i'll let you listen to it you see what you see what you think cool. but um yeah he had a chat with huberman about that didn't he about touching receipts mm. oh really because huberman's quite anti-touching receipts um the latest that I know, I think modern receipts no longer use that film coating that's problematic oh, anyway. Thank God. So, oh, thank God. <laughs> I can all sleep easy. But it used to be really potent. I'll get the best night's sleep I've had in months now after hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> the um, But yeah, so Liver King's on a shit ton of drugs. Surprisingly. I, I don't think anybody uh, saw it coming. The, have you seen his apology video? Yeah, it's hilarious, actually. Mm. Like, yep, yeah, I'm on drugs, but you know, even though I had this very carefully planned out viral campaign from multiple um, multiple marketing agencies to get to a million followers, I just didn't see this coming. And uh, <laughs> you know what? Loads of people kill themselves every year, and and if if you know, we should stand by them, and that's why I'm on steroids. Like, what? And like, yeah. <laughs> It, it makes me so before I didn't have a problem with him. I thought he was weird and I thought what he was talking about was weird, but I also thought it was pretty obvious th that he was on drugs. And he's just one of these people on the internet, thousands of them who lie about being on drugs. Now, granted he's doing it and, and trying to spread a pretty odd message at the same time. But the way that he came out in the apology email, it looked so scripted and so forced and not apologetic. And I think it spoiled this brand entirely. It looked like kind of amateur dramatics as well. Yeah. Like there was bits in there where it was like, as the king, I implore you to, and it was like, what, what are you doing? Just like, so the, yeah. the same, in fact, um, do you know True Geordie? Mm -hmm. The podcaster, I can't remember if we talked about this already, but. I don't uh, think so. So he, he had, he, very similar situation where he was talking about Andrew Tate on his podcast. And he said something like, but because Andrew Tate had recently converted to Islam and true Geordie said something along the lines of, well, if he really wants to prove that he's a Muslim, then why doesn't he go and blow himself up? Which obviously, <laughs> which really obviously caused like, <laughs> something along those lines. Um, and then he had to come on and like do an apology video and similar thing. He was like, the, f the first 30 seconds was an apology. And then the next like 12 minutes was him talking about his relationship with his mum. And everyone was just like, mate, just like, just say sorry. Yeah. I think Andrew Tate responded to that by like exposing some like private texts from true, true Geordie, like asking to be fingered up the bum or something really like he, he's exposed some like really personal back and forth with true Geordie and somebody else 
that happens a lot. There's, um, you know, it's, I guess it's classic projection, isn't it? But yeah, some like masculinity Twitter figurehead, I can't remember his name now, um, like was basically leaked, um, putting stuff up his bum on, on like a streaming website. Well, there's a lesson in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Final thing. This is me telling you this. You don't know this yet. Um, about four months ago, I was like, I'm going to get into bodybuilding. I haven't started taking drugs. Don't worry. Um, I mean, <laughs> this is now Johnny's confession. After actually, I thought after Liver King said so, you know, I'm I'm in safe safe hands here. <laughs> well, I was waiting for Liver King to come out because I thought like if I announce it before Liver King, I'll get so much more heat than Liver King. You know, whereas now I can just slip under the radar. Um, I I've just decided once and for all to get fully lean again. Oh yes. And the that way that is- I've marked the decision is sad very sadly i have stopped working with mike to share very sad mm, he's been a fantastic coach a moment for mike to he's a he's a podcast guest he's a, an alumnus of the of the <laughs> propane business podcast the he um, and he's also a formidable powerlifter. yeah big bloke big <laughs> bloke if you ever meet him in person thick wrists thick neck <laughs> Wrists and neck are the real, yeah, the real decider. Because that's where all the force really goes, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And thick knees. He has very thick knees. Um, I've hired somebody else, and I'm going to give you two guesses. I mean, this is just because I hope that it is Jeff Alberts. No, that's a shame. That is a shame. He would be. He would be good. It's no one at 3DMJ. Because I feel okay, like your next okay. guess will be like Alberto Nunez. It's no one at 3DMJ. No one at 3DMJ. So it's a bodybuilding coach to get lean. Sort of. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure he would describe himself as a bodybuilding coach. It's not one of the coaches that we help with propane business. It's not. They're marketing. No. It's not. That's eliminated another section of people. Oh, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a really obscure clue that maybe only you could get. If you took your mum to like a nightclub, she might, what might she describe the nightclub as? Noisy and tedious. (laughs) That's the clue. No. So like, what, what might she say? Like, oh, I went to, on Friday night, I went with Yusuf to a sort of a. Some kind of sex club rave and. No, more broad than that. Just a normal, like a party, like a, like a party in a club on a Friday night. She, she, she might say, or not your mum specifically, but an older generation, our parents' generation, they might describe it as a, this is going on much longer than I intended it to. A disco. A disco. Right. Ah, oh, Steve Wall <laughs> or Pascal? Pascal. Really? The disco, the disco pumper. pumper. That is yeah. amazing. And that's a great yeah. clue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People listening will be like, who's Pascal and why was disco the clue? And to so, find out, you'll have oh, to yeah. listen to, because he's also an alumnus of the Propane <laughs> Business Podcast. 
good old Pascal. I, I like him. Mm. He's, a, so do he's I. A, a good fellow. Um, that's, that's brilliant. I'm excited about that. Cause also last time you got lean, you got like lean to the point where like the effect on people was like, Ugh, like people yeah. who don't lift. I just can't do it. On my, I don't know how you did it on your own. It was really I unpleasant. Genuinely don't know how, but I think I asked you about this at the time. Cause like you had no reason to, <laughs> I just thought for the lols, um, for the lols, you went through like 16 weeks of like, fuck, this is awful. I think it was harder than my previous diet, partly because my activity is much lower. So I'm just, you know, um, calories had to be 2000 or 2100 from the beginning. I don't know whether I've got this in me. Oh, I can't do that. So the hunger was just like, fr you know, I, I thought oh, I'll start getting hungry by week 10. No, like th three days in, you know, deep hunger. Um, but I had Great. to just undo the damage from hospital. My weight had crept up and my muscle mass had crept down. <laughs> the worst combination over the last few years. The, like the little attempts at fat loss I've had over the last like year. I've like done okay. Like I've lost like a couple of kilos on my own, but I think if I had to get as lean as you got on my own, I don't, I don't have the, there's not enough of a reason for mm -hmm. me. So that's why it's even more impressive that you just ground through. <laughs> like I, I was at a wedding with you while you were dieting and I remember you trying to like navigate the, like the, what was it? Like a pizza truck or something. Oh yeah. Burger um, truck or something. I think I ended up just creating a bit of a sink on either day, but outside right. but but yeah it it wasn't a fun time and it was over summer as well which obviously lots of <clears throat> fun things happen but and then do you know what cold. like yeah lots of fun things happen over winter as well don't they so i suppose well so um, it start it starts on monday and diet starts monday for those who that's just because it takes pascal three to five working days to prepare the program. Um, for the, for the astute amongst you that will know that it's Christmas in, or the, the holiday season in a matter of weeks. So I, I just thought, fuck that. Like I, I was in the mode of like, I'll do it in January. And then I was like, you know what? I would tell somebody else that that's bullshit. So I'm going to call myself out on my own bullshit. And I'm just going to start now. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's well, we, I mean, we did a podcast about exactly that, didn't we? <clears throat> yeah. That most people will always have a thing coming up, whether it's Christmas or holiday or something. Mm. And that's the reason that they've not made any progress in starting building their online fitness business yeah. or starting their training program or whatever. And it's... from the outside, everyone sees it and goes, come on, mate. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, the people with online fitness businesses think, come on, mate. The people who tell you like, yeah, yeah, wait till January are the people who aren't in shape themselves. Like the people with a track record of 100% failure of getting in shape, see why mm -hmm. you'd want to wait till January. But like, you just picked it, you just started. You, you, I just messaged you one day and you were like, oh, yeah, I am like two weeks into cutting. There was no like big <laughs> fanfare. There's no, you just began. Well, I, I just think, most things take longer than you expect, don't they? Like, as you said in your video about Hofstadter's law. and Even when you account for it. Even when you account for it, yeah. So this thing about like, oh, I'll start I'll start promoting my, my New Year's program in January. Like, oh, you mean like that program that will take you at least 
six to eight weeks to to create and do the marketing for and yeah. prep your launch and everything so your new year's program that you're thinking to start thinking about on the first of january is going to be ready by mid-february march mm-hmm. like it's best case it, it, I mean, today is the 7th of December. It's, it, it's still too, it's, I think it's too late for people to start promoting something, something new. Um, we're telling our current clients at this stage, like, and they're like, oh, should I run a new challenge and get things set up? It's like, if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I'd say yes, but now it's cutting it too fine. You just, you might as well, you know, build a, a, a waiting list for mm. a January start. When I actually, I had a chat with, I had a call with Pascal and he, I asked him about this. I was like, how do you guys deal with Christmas and his response was always just like during between now and some arbitrary time in January like there'll be plenty of days where you don't have anything happening there's no commitments and there's no reason why you can't like nail training and nutrition but people use the like December as this excuse to be like oh, I won't do anything because in on the 3rd of January it'll all change and it's the same with launching a business isn't it it's like there are days you could sit and do work on it and be in a really good place for the 3rd of January, or you could be on, on day one in the 3rd of January. And there's no reason, there's no like benefit because there's well, two days even, where you might overconsume. Yeah. Well, it's even built into what you've said there, like 3rd of January already because people are like, ah, oh, because the first I'll be a bit hungover and the second is a bank holiday or whatever. So yeah, exactly. realistically, by the time people get started and work in, it'll be the third. You've already like missed the boat on it. And, and you're totally right. Like people use the whole month of December for like, and I, I know it's easy for me to say because I'm I'm a um, one of those Arabs, so I don't really do um, Christmas. But surely it's one it's one day, if not like a bit of leftovers on Boxing Day. Yeah, people use the like certainly they'll use the window between Christmas Day and New Year's Day as this sort of like weird nether zone where like nothing's really open and you don't fully go back to work. But again, like cartoons and yeah, like. Yeah, but but to to Pascal's point, this applies to diet or or business. Like on the twenty seventh of December, there'll be no like social pressure. Probably there'll be minimal social pressure to sit down and have a huge three course meal, and so there's no reason to not and treat that day as like well, I'll just and it's it's proper like habit formation, isn't it? Like you either drop everything for a month or you allow things to still be maintained. When you put it like that, it's very much self-sabotage, isn't it? It's like, oh, I better not diet in December because there might be one day this month where I have to overconsume with family. <clears throat> Therefore, there's no point even trying. I think the, the the way that I try and look at it is if you are, firstly, like you get to practice. So like to use a starting a business example, if you successfully launch your business during December, running your business during like holidays, social stuff, busy periods, family things, like personal commitments or personal problems, like family member gets sick, like stuff's going to happen. That means that running your business is not this like perfect optimal thing. And unless you plan to wrap up the business in a year, you will have those things happen. So like you get to practice that in the first month you launch it. Great. Uh, Yeah. Like you, you get to do a real dress rehearsal of Mm. what it's like when, I mean the, the last, three weeks for us has just been firefighting. Like our, yeah. our email service went down. So we had to down tools. Like both of us had to <laughs> completely down tools and just try and get that working again. I mean, thank God we're not, we're not kind of trying to do this alongside our full-time jobs anymore. 
Um, but, but you know, there's, there's times where you're just like, well, you, you just have to stop doing everything and, and keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, yeah. The, proper, yeah. Proper firefighting. But, you know what though? Like maybe there's no point because on lunchtime on the 25th of December, you might have to have some lean roast turkey with roast potato you know some quite quite satiating low calorie density mm. foods maybe with some pudding at the end and that means that the whole thing's just not worth not worth doing at all there's two i think there's two reasons why it happens i know this is not what we want to talk about today by the way we're, we're 30 minutes in the the two reasons why it happens in, for me anyway i think is firstly when things are stressful eating's nice and not eating or eating in a deficit is not nice because you feel hungry and it's an extra stress. And I think people just haven't got the, the bandwidth. They think they haven't got the bandwidth to deal with it. So they're like, a day where I can just eat what I want and that's what everybody's doing is this like stress relief. Mm. That, which I guess is like one of the reasons why people overeat or like use food as a as a crutch. The, the other thing is if you never, if it's always something you're going to start later, you kind, you kind of aren't allowed, to, you can't fail at it yet. Like it's oh, impossible you, to fail at something that you've got like in, in the chamber that's happening next month. That's exciting. Cause it's still handled, it's taken care of. Cause in January I'm doing that. Oh uh, yeah. It's a great way to incubate yourself from failure because if you, if you didn't take a shot at it, then yeah, it can't fail. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and with, yeah, <laughs> I mean that you're right. That applies to both. I think that and th this is really only a food thing, but when you're stressed and you've got the tendency to want to overeat or comfort eat, I think you've got two choices at that point. You can either go like into first gear and just have loads of dominoes and ice cream, or you could go into sixth gear and just go like fasting and keto and double mm. down harder into the hunger and become a kind of overly wired, stressy dieter, which mm. is, you know, equally not, not very healthy. Cause then you're just becoming a kind of, adrenaline cortisol junkie um just have a fizzy water and a and a deep, couple of deep breaths <laughs> so i'm not sure what the message from this episode was but uh are we finishing are we not doing the thing the well topic? i was thinking maybe because we're 31 minutes in why don't we um cover the the topic of why we're different to other mentors next week. Fine. Well, you have to wait. It's your own fault. <laughs> You've all spoiled it. You shouldn't have let us ramble on as much as we did. And now you're going to have to wait. Now look where we are. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so the world's going to end. Liver King's not natural. Johnny's hired a disco pumper. And if you if you want to know why it's called disc, why we call him the disco pumper, is it is it on the fitness podcast or is it on the business podcast? I think it's on both. I think we did a throwback to it on the business one. So the the, the business the, the episode we did with him and Steve Hall is about how to build a how to pick and how to build a online coaching business with a business partner. Yes. Um, so what are the pros and cons and some decision criteria around that? So it's a very good episode from, um, you know, a couple of guys who have, who have run this, uh, 
run run their business very successfully together. Yeah, so that it's revived stronger, and I think one of the reasons, another reason to go and listen to that episode is they do extremely well in a niche that I think a lot of people think is really hard to compete in. So they're they're natural bodybuilding coaches primarily, and they they have an amazing reputation. And then Mike Touchere of Reactive Training Systems, the other guy we mentioned, we have a podcast on him where he talks about starting a business in the raw and equipped powerlifting space, natural powerlifting space, which is another, we speak to so many people who are like, oh yeah, but I don't have like a three-step fat loss system, so this won't work. N- neither of those brands do, and both of them are extremely well recognized. So if you want some more practical listening about online fitness businesses, because that's what you came here for, and you're 33 minutes in, you're like, what the fuck was that? Go back and listen to those two episodes. They're very, very good. Very much. All right. Speak okay, soon. Bye, Dan. <laughs>